Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Nate. This is the Nate Show podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Be sure to follow along on social media at the Nate Show on Facebook and at that's Nate Cox on Instagram. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play the Nate Show podcast, and she'll start playing it. How about that? So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to what I consider to be a new era for the Nate Show podcast. Those of you that have been listening for a while, uh, it's good to have you back. Those of you that are brand new and hearing this for the first time, it's good to have you. Um, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping for both of those groups of people uh, very quickly. I won't do this every episode, but over the next few, I kind of want to explain some different things that we're doing here uh, for the new and or the uninitiated. And just so you get a better idea of what this podcast is, is because to be honest with you, I've been asked several times, what is the podcast about? And I give sort of a Seinfeld answer where it's kind of a podcast about nothing. Uh, But in an effort to redefine what we're doing here, I want to just say there's going to be three different types of episodes. Uh, One, much like the one that we're doing today with Brandy Augustus, there's going to be a lot of uh, conversation-based episodes, which is, again, the first one. Now, I've done these in the past, uh, but the most important thing with these conversations and really any episode that I do is to speak in a real and candid manner, passionately about uh, whatever it is that's important to talk about. Now, there's still going to be room for fun and comedy. I'm going to have comedians on, I have entertainers, and so it's not all going to be you know, serious doom and gloom. I'm not even all about that sort of thing, but we want to make sure that if we have someone on that has something that's important to talk about, we want to make sure we get that point across. Whether you agree with it or not, much again, much like today's episode, there may be viewpoints that Brandy Augustus shares that you uh, may not agree with, but I, I do believe that it's worth listening and, and potentially learning from and finding a different perspective on things. So we're going to have a lot of episodes like that. Um, the second type is what I would call a themed episode, which is kind of, you know, a, a different topic. You know, I did an episode about a year or two ago about where do hoodies come from? A kind of a meaningless topic, but I found it interesting. So we have different themes and different topics we talk about. I may have guests on to talk about it with me. I may just roll on my own about it. You never know. Uh, the third thing is what I call a multi, which is multiple topics. Is like if you're watching the news or you're watching Sports Center or whatever it is, you have different things you want to get to in that episode. Uh, My buddies Alex and Jacob over at the What's Your Spaghetti Policy podcast do a great job of this. They'll do like hour, hour and 15 minute long episodes and they'll cover, hey, here's what's going on with this. Hey, what's going on over here? And like have good in-depth conversations about it. And um, they're really good at that. So shout out to those guys. I love those guys. But so those are kind of the three different themes. And for anyone that's asking, uh, yes, Lauren Anderson is still my co-host. Uh, she's not going to be featured in this or the next episode that comes out on Monday, which will be part two of the Brandy conversation. Uh, but her and I are still working together, just everything going on with COVID-19 and figuring all this out. Uh, but we were on the phone for about a little over an hour the other day, uh, talking about some different things, getting some different ideas. And so we'll be back in the booth uh, really soon. And I want to say, too, that I did just invest in a nice uh, mixer. So the audio will be better going forward, uh, not just on my end, but also for any guests and people that want to call in and chat, uh, the audio will be better. And so I want to say that too, going into transitioning into this episode with Brandy. Um, I was very fortunate to be able to get a hold of Brandy. She has 
a lot of different things going on and she'll mention all those different things, but she is someone uh, that's living in the Knoxville, Tennessee area right now, but she's doing a lot of really important work for social and racial causes and not just in Knoxville, but all of East Tennessee and kind of the surrounding areas. She's a big part of what's going on. And again, there are some things that, you know, I live myself in East Tennessee and there's inevitably going to be people that listen to this. I mean, if they've even made it this far that, you know, won't agree with what she has to say or, or may not, you know, if they hear, and this will be more so for part two, but if they hear the term, you know, defund the police, well, what does that mean? I don't even, like, just on the surface, people have a visceral response to those words. She's going to explain uh, in parts one and two what she means and what she's all about. And again, even if you don't agree with all of it, she has a very excellent perspective and talks about, you know, why this stuff's important to her. Um, and a lot of part one is going to be focused on how she got into this line of work, all of the different work that she's doing. And also you hear a lot about how, you know, under our current president, how things might be um, tough or rough or, you know, for black people. And what does that even mean? Like you could just hear it, but you don't even you don't know sometimes practically what does that mean? What does that look like? She kind of explains okay, here's what the climate is like, and there's a certain group of people that feels emboldened to do certain things under this climate. So I don't want to bury the lead here. She explains this stuff a lot better than I do. And one last thing, and I'll get into my interview with Brandy Augustus here, is the audio quality I think is actually really good on her end. We had to do this on the telephone, and I had we got disconnected a few different times, so I had to call her back and start recording again. And also my app that I'm using right now to record this crashed in the middle of our conversation. So I didn't get all of the good audio into a microphone. So both mine and her audio is in telephone form. So it's a bit muffled. I, I do believe you can hear her a lot clearer than you can hear me. In most cases, I would just ask you over this episode and part two that comes out on Monday, just to fight through it because her perspective and the conversations that are had are worth hearing, worth listening to worth learning from. So without any further ado, here is my conversation, part one of my conversation with Brandy Augustus. First of all, Brandy, thank you for, for joining the show today. I know you're really busy and you've got a lot going on right now. Um, but real quick, just on the front end, kind of introduce yourself and, and sort of where people can find you, be that social media or what have you. Sure. So first of all, thank you for having me. Um, thank you for reaching out to me specifically in this moment to have a conversation and to actually like care and learn more about me. So I can be found uh, mainly on Instagram right now. Um, and that's just kind of why I'm promoting where I'm putting most of my information. And that is at underscore I brandy. That's at underscore I B R A N D I. Uh, you'll notice my posts are limited right now, um, yep. but my story be popping. My, but <laughs> my posts are limited because it is, I am, I want my feed to be focused on um, the liberation of black lives right now. Yes. So that's all you're going to see on there. And then with that being said, I am also um, a co-founding member of Knoxville's Black Mama's Bailout Action, where our whole goal is to bail black mothers and caregivers out of jail to free them from the bail system, bail ransom system um, that needs to be abolished anyway. But this is our fight against that system. Um, and while we're also freeing our people, 
uh, right now we're showing up in the community in Knoxville as the emergency fund for protesters right now. So when there are demonstrations that, you know, we've planned or, you know, like we have the Juneteenth um, event that's coming up tomorrow from 6 to 9, uh, 9.30 at Caswell Park. So um, because, you know, KPD has really been aggressive with us here lately, and we want to make sure that our people are safe and they know that if something were to happen, that they were protected by the community. Um, with this bail fund, not only do we just provide bail um, for people, but as long as we have the money, we can also support with court costs. We do stabilization for people if they don't have anywhere to go. We have plenty of resources uh, plugged in with many organizations here um, locally and then in Tennessee and then also regionally. Um, and with that, I'm also a member of Southerners on New Ground, which is a queer-based liberation organization. Started out of Atlanta, now we like all through the South. Um, where we are about liberation that is focused and led by those who are most marginalized because we believe, like, if we get free, then everybody gets free. Um, and then things that pay my bills, well, kind of. So I'm also on the board for the Appalachian Community Fund where we are a we, – we make change. We're not charity. We legit make change in the community organizations, grassroots, grassroots organizations can apply to us for funds. Um, there's no set fund amount. It's just kind of like what we have to give, um, and people have been giving to us a lot. So the more that people give to us, the more that we can give to them. And so we do, like, technical assistance grants or general um, administration grants, just things that organizations really need to function um, and we don't make them jump through all those hoops like other granting organizations do because we understand the need is in the actual funds and getting out there and then all the other stuff we see in the product doesn't work. Um, and that's why we invest in people like that. Now, the thing that does legit pay my bills <laughs> is me being the workshop center coordinator at Highlander Research and Education Center. Uh, and Highlander is a – um, grassroots organization that is based in social change. Um, we are like the catalyst for social change, some would say. Um, so Highlander is the place where people think about like the civil rights movement and how all of that popped off. Highlander was the place, the safe space that people met to figure out what that uprising was going to look like. Gotcha. So, Yeah. Um, we train we train organizers. We skill people up. So right now what we have going on in the era of COVID, since people aren't meeting like that, and we have the beautiful um, technology of Marsha P. Johnson's Internet, uh, we're doing a lot of virtual trainings. So, and then just like standard weekly things, kickbacks, we have um, grieving sessions and spiritual soirees, um, and then we have like – a lot of youth-led stuff that's happening as well through our Seeds of Fire program, and that just uh, kicked off this week. So, yeah, that's like me and how I'm using <laughs> this world. <laughs> you, well, as I, it's what I mentioned on the front end. You have several things going on, and, and everything you listed is incredible and amazing. And what I like, kind of starting at the end there, where you were talking about with Highlander Center, I love what you said you're doing there is, <laughs> You're not just encouraging people, hey, get out and protest and get out, whatever thing. Okay, 
here's what you need to do. Like you're, you're providing guidance and steering that ship in the proper direction. So when you hear quote unquote about these, you know, bad apples that get out and are violent or whatever, they're not talking about you and what you're doing there. Like you're actually providing, like I said, the proper guidance. And that's awesome. Um, because you see people on Facebook all the time saying, you know, someone should get out and do something or they're not doing this right or whatever, but I love that you're actually you know, doing those things. And I want to say, starting with the Highlander Center, how long have you been a part of that? Four years. Gotcha. Next because you're year not... in 2021. Sorry, no, it's okay. Um, in 2021, I'll be able to take a sabbatical. I've never been eligible for a sabbatical. I've never even heard of a sabbatical until I started working for them. But <laughs> next year, that, that's, I'm sabbaticaling. <laughs> so you've been working legitimately nonstop uh, for the last, you said, four years, right? Yep. Do you feel, I know it's only been four years, but have you seen a shift under what I would call, I'm trying to like speak lightly about it, but the current presidential regime it, has there been a difference that you've noticed in the way that you're having to handle things that way or was it has it pretty much been the same for those four years i don't know if that question made sense or not but no, I it, 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 it makes sense <laughs> no it makes sense um and me being able to speak more a little emboldenedly so um yeah when i started at highlander it was right as 45 got elected and um, we were worried that people were going to be so disheartened that our um, donations were going to stop coming in or, like, you know, slow down. But what we actually noticed was an uptick in donations because people were like, you know, they believed in the work that we do and yep. they want us to get out here and um, educate all of the communities in the South about how to, you know, um, fight for themselves, you know, because Highlander isn't an organization that goes out and fights for people. It teaches people how to fight for themselves. Um, so, yeah, that happened, and but it's like we do show up <laughs> in many different ways depending on what the immediate need is. So when the Morristown raids happened um, in, like, June of 2018, Highland, that's right down the road for us. It's like a 20-minute drive. Um, yeah. And when that happened, there were 300 people that were arrested and ice holes were placed on them, meaning that they were taken from their families. Um, and they had left behind, like, all of these dependents that are also, like, now scared to go to school, thinking that the same thing is going to happen to them under the fear of being deported back to a country that they have never known. Um, so, is and what we know now is they would just be put in cages. Yeah. Um, so Highlander showed up when that happened to provide immediate um, support as far as, like, getting grief counselors in there to help with the family and all centered around like the accessibility needs of the community. So we had a lot of interpreters that came in and were doing the work, and but not even just the interpreters, the people who are actually doing the work for bilingual, and we try and be very intentional about language justice in that way. Um, so people, we're not missing anything, you know, like in, basically in translation. Um, and so it's one of our methodologies. So we um, provided, helped them, like, get 
connected with social services and support that they weren't familiar with and just things that they needed to survive um, while also still showing up in a physical way that we had never really done before um, so that they could meet to have um, just like a, a night together as a community and speak about what had happened and plans going forward and how they were going to show up for each other um, and then also what this meant for the community. Um, so we showed up there physically because they asked and they just were like, we don't want to be ran down on by the cops. And what we did see was heavy police presence there, but nothing happened, and it was a beautiful ceremony, and everybody was able to, like, go home and, you know, um, move forward. And we didn't just, like, stop there. It has been ongoing work in the communities, like working with the churches there specifically um, to meet the needs of the community. And then that following year, so every year that I worked at Highlander, it's always been, like, something major that happens in the spring, summer. Um, and last year, um, I was actually out in California when I received a picture of a building on fire. And I thought that it was one of our old structures that we had planned on burning down since the day that I started there. And I'm like, damn, y'all wait till I'm out in L.A. to actually, like, burn down the roundhouse. And my coworker was like, no, girl, that's the office. Um, and come to find out, white supremacists had um, burned down our office and spray painted the symbol of the Iron Guard in it. Um, and it was, it's just such a really, really awful situation because Oftentimes, people sleep in the office. You know, it's out in the yeah. market, you know, and it's on a beautiful farm that it's just, it's a good place to be. Highlander is just a wonderful place. Um, so people spend a lot of time out there. And there was actually supposed to be somebody sleeping in that office because the very next day we were having a prison justice assembly. Um, and But they decided they ended up going home late that night and then around 3 o'clock in the morning, um, we got, we were alerted that there was a raging fire at our office. And at 6 a.m., it was still burning. And then that night, um, we decided that we were still going to have the Prison Justice Assembly. Um, so we still welcomed 40 prison abolitionists and did the work of what we see is happening right now. With this current uprising, um, the groundwork that was already laid a year ago uh, for defund the police. So, but the building was still smoldering while that assembly was happening, and it was just like so. Like under forty-five, these are the things that have happened to me, like directly Highlander, me, Brandy as a person under the leadership of forty-five. And then what? What do we see right now? He, he wanted to hold his first rally in the era of COVID for, oh, that's right. He wants right. to be reelected um, in Tulsa, which was. Of all, of all places, yes. Yeah. Ahead, yes. <laughs> and on June 15th. <laughs> so, real um, quick, real quick, though, and I don't mean to cut you off. Um, mm-hmm. 
to someone that isn't, they may have even heard or read something on Facebook, but they may not know, what is the relevance of Juneteenth in that day, especially in the city of Tulsa, Oklahoma? Oh, okay. So, first, Juneteenth is the celebration of the liberation of slaves in, um, in the South. Well, I guess you could just say slaves in general, right. um, but that was the day that, you know, that the slaves were emancipated. Now, what's real is here in Tennessee and in the deep south, the Gulf South, um, that means they make it for right. a couple of years, and then that we celebrate that as well, and that's the 8th of August. So, um, I want yeah. that to sink in to people also, by the way, is that Yes, this was a long time ago, but they didn't have, obviously, the especially the lightning fast news that we have now. You're, mm-hmm. you're being literal when you're saying, yeah, it took a couple of years for even just the simple news to travel, like, hey, you're free. Yeah, <laughs> like legit <laughs> years. Uh, not a hyperbole. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Tulsa is like back in 1921 it was the home of the biggest like they call it the race massacre yeah um just the devastation of white mobs of people killing black folks just in the glenwood district of tulsa oklahoma and it was the thriving black neighborhood and they did not like it and they like legit went and like tore everything down. Like what y'all like? <laughs> I say what y'all. What people say is happening like right now. Whatever. Like people are rioting when it's like, well, y'all ain't been listening to us. We keep saying like, stop killing us. Like riots are supposed to be the voice of the unheard. But what this happened was a massacre. Yeah. They were killing black people for existing. And, what and again, know, again, for anyone that's confused, there might be, that's not hyperbole what Brandy is saying. They were literally killing black people just for being black and existing in, quote, unquote, their world. So, yeah, 45, having his first rally, and however long in the era of COVID, specifically in Tulsa, on June 19th, is a direct, like, big middle finger FU to black folks. It's still baffling. And I realize, by the way, and I'm not trying to be funny or anything, I realize that I'm saying everything that I'm saying to you from a place of privilege was some might call white privilege. There is literally, and I don't like getting into politics, but there's literally no, I don't know that there's any single solitary way that you can say that that's an accident. Right. There's a lot of things I think you can even, if you want to play devil's advocate a million times over, you can find things with the president say, okay, well, maybe he's just stupid, which he is. Yes. But... (laughs) But that specifically in this climate now, that there's there's literally no way that you can think that's an accident. No. And that's just my opinion. You (laughs) you have a much better perspective on this than I do. No, I mean, I think that we, we, on this 
we shared the same opinion. <laughs> you know, I, and I feel like, but that's just kind of how he operates. And I feel that people really let him get away with that presumption of benevolence that they wouldn't let anyone else um, get away with, specifically um, Obama. Like right. President that's, Obama yeah. would not have been able to lie to people the way that this president has. And it's so disheartening because it's just like, damn, y'all would really, like, put y'all, like, everything on the line for this person who won't even tell you the truth. And I'm like, um, there's there's so much, like, so many conversations about integrity that could be had there, but not, this ain't even the context. Yeah. You know, or it's, it's not the container. Because he, it's, it's awful. I've heard people say that, um, actually, you know what? My head's hurting too bad from everything. We Like, just the fact that I'm trying to find ways that you can excuse certain things. And it's like, there's no way. Because I, I do enjoy usually playing devil's advocate. Like, you're just trying to find alternate perspectives. I told you that before we even started talking. Like, even if someone doesn't agree with me or for a view that you share on here, at least just consider it. And if whatever, it's not for you, it's not for you. But. Was this something, or I guess a better question is, at what point did you realize, hey, this is the line of work and the, the kind of difference I want to make with my life? When did that hit you? I didn't know that this was direction I was going. This was actually direction I was kind of forced into. Okay. But I was, like, really pushed into this. Um, I hate to do it to you, but I am going to jump in here and uh, leave it on kind of a cliffhanger. Um, in part two of our conversation, which will be out Monday, the 29th of June, uh, she will go into how uh, she got into this line of work, how she made it from Cincinnati, a little bit of a pit stop in Arkansas, and then uh, how she ended up in Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, some more on what she's doing to help uh, these different causes and everything. Uh, some really interesting stuff that's uh, upcoming. Uh, she mentioned at the top of the uh episode all the different places you can find her she'll mention at the end of part two again but just in case anyone wants to look for more information on what she's doing or different ways they can help i've included the links below if you're listening to this on apple or spotify you can see the different links to where you can find her Uh, so definitely check those out see what she's all about and uh, make sure you tune in to part two of my conversation with brandy augustus on the nate show podcast on monday june 29th and i look forward to having you back